Hi everyone, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to day 21 of Compulsive Overeating Diary. And if you're new to this podcast, I should tell you that it's now been six weeks, five days since I began this experiment of podcasting my thoughts and feelings around compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Now something I should also tell you is that I record my podcast primarily outdoors in California or wherever I happen to be while I'm out walking. I have a lapel mic or while I'm taking a break from hiking or other places like that outside. So you might be hearing some wind pick up, you might hear birds, you might hear people passing by in a public place. For example, today I'm recording from one of my favorite spots at Descanso Gardens, a botanical garden in Southern California. So now that we got that out of the way, today we're going to have a nice day. I'm going to read a couple of letters from listeners, my brave companions. And like I told you before, I call you all brave companions because if you're listening to a podcast about compulsive overeating and you've lasted thus far, that means you're trying to either learn about it or you are trying to make your life better. And just to listen is brave. And to send comments and letters like these ladies is super brave. So I'm going to stop for a minute, get my thoughts, get some emails off of my iPhone while you guys listen to a little bit of my theme I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward. But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a silent wind that never I just love that theme. Every time I get flustered, which I usually do when I'm starting the podcast because it feels like my lips are tripping over themselves, I listen to that song myself and it makes me feel peaceful, tranquil, and really ready to move forward. So I want to give you a preview before we jump into the topic. Today I want to read a letter from Ashley from Tennessee. She's written to us before and there's some victories and some challenges in Ashley's letter and I want to talk about that and the feeling of shame and where that comes from for us if we're dealing with a compulsive overeating issue. Later on I want to read you part of a post by Michelle and she posted on day 20. I really recommend you go read it and I want to talk about binging, stress, and finding passion. Okay, Michelle, you hang in there kid. I'm going to get to you. And then lastly, (laughs) I was so pleased because I got a comment on Facebook from a lady named Sarah. And she found me because she listens to TuneIn Radio every night when she's falling to sleep. And she finds my podcast in order to fall asleep. Well, luckily, Sarah, I have heard that my voice is very soothing. But to make it even nicer for you to fall asleep and for those of us who are stressed... I found a really wonderful song called The Manx Lullaby by Celtic Folk Bang by Celtic Folk Band Slacha, which means in Gaelic, cheers. And they're from my hometown of Tacoma, Washington. It's a really soothing, beautiful song. So at the end of this podcast, I'm going to send you off to sleep, Sarah, with the Manx Lullaby. And everyone else, if you're ever feeling stressed, come here to day 21. 
scrub right to the last four minutes of the podcast and you can hear this soothing song too. All right, on to Ashley's letter. Ashley from Tennessee. This is what she writes. Hi, Lori. I told you in my last message that I was getting caught up on episodes. Well, now I'm all caught up and it's sad not to be able to listen to the podcast all day. Oh, this is me button in. Can you imagine that? She wants to listen to my thoughts and feelings about compulsive eating all day. Ashley, I think we need to get you some new, new hobbies. But thanks for the compliment. Back to her letter. I wanted to write to you and let you in on some struggles and some victories that I've had in the last few days. Yesterday, I was feeling very down about my weight gain because I've never been overweight. It was easy for me to hide my compulsive eating. Now that I'm gaining weight, I feel like my compulsion is exposing itself outwardly, and this has brought a whole new wave of emotions. Okay, me butting in on her letter again. Remember a few episodes ago I talked about how you can't tell from what someone weighs what kind of issues they have when dealing with food. So Ashley is somebody who's had a compulsive eating problem but has maintained a fairly normal weight until she had to make a change in her meds, and this medication is causing her to put some weight on outwardly. So even though she's always had this struggle and felt badly about her compulsion, she never had to wear it around for the rest of the world to see. Now me, having been overweight my entire life since age five, everyone has seen my compulsion. They've seen it go up and down and up and down. So I'm very, very familiar with that outward cloak of shame that I wear from being a big fat person, even though, you know, I'm not that huge in my mind, but in Southern California, I'm pretty big. However, I want to go back to Ashley's letter before I move on to this whole shame idea because she has some good news and some bad news. Last night, I went and got some Chinese food and ate a lot of things that are not good for me. One of the things I hate most about being a compulsive overeater is feeling like I have no self-control and often feeling disappointed in myself. But in that moment that I felt bad, I didn't care. I just wanted the bad food. So, how many of you out there relate to this feeling? When you're about to eat something that you don't feel you deserve or you know you're going to eat too much of it, or it's forbidden on your food plan, or you know that you're eating it because it's going to take care of an emotional need, I know that you know inside whether you're going to eat food because it's delicious or because it's meeting some other need for you. And how many of you feel that self-loathing that makes you feel like a robot alien has beamed into your brain and is taking control of your hands and forcing this food down your throat? Okay, that makes you feel like you're a crazy person. But I'm telling you, Ashley and others, you're, you're not crazy. This is your compulsive brain trying to take care of you. Something's going on with you that says, I need to feel better fast. And what's the fastest way to feel better? Shoving in some kind of food that I want. And since this is some kind of food, Ashley, that you say that you really kind of did want, it wasn't like you know, just going down and eating slices of bread because you wanted to binge. This was actually eating out of control over a food that you normally enjoy but don't either allow yourself to eat or you don't get to eat it too much. So like you said, you, did, you didn't care that you were going to have self-loathing or feel bad. You just wanted your bad food. On with her letter. Today was a new day though and I had a victory. I am running my first 5k on Saturday. Hooray for Ashley. She's going to run her first 5k. That is awesome. She goes on. 
although I've been running some, I was very doubtful that I could run three miles without stopping today. Today after work, I went to the park to run with my friend and I ran three miles without stopping. Hooray, time to do the victory dance. Yay for Ashley, yay for Ashley, you ran three miles. Hooray for Ashley, hooray for Ashley, we should all be smiles. You done good kid, I know you'll be great on Saturday. And when you cross that finish line, we're gonna stand there, hooray. Okay guys, I know I shouldn't be singing unless you call the bravery hotline, but I am so proud of Ashley that she ran the three miles, which uh, 5K is I think 3.1. Back to her letter. I was so proud of myself. It was hard, but I pushed through. Thank you for letting me share. I hope that I can have more victories over food. I don't want food to control me. I love when you talk about the act of really enjoying something you're eating. I've never thought about that, but it is really something that I want to be more thoughtful about. I think it can help me start to view food differently. I can't wait for the next podcast. Thanks, Lori. Feel free to use my name or story. Well, thank you, Ashley. As you can see, I'm definitely using your name and your story because I think you make a lot of really good points. So we've talked a little bit about the shame, but I want to go to it a little bit further because all shame that we're feeling about ourselves is something that we're putting in on ourselves. Let's take a look at three emotions that we tend to mix up. Rage, guilt, and shame. Okay, rage should be self-explanatory, but a lot of us compulsive overeating types don't like to feel rage or let ourselves know that we're pissed as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. And that makes us feel ashamed, like we did something. And the shame of the worthlessness of how we caused this makes us then feel guilt. Now, guilt is something that we feel when we have actually done something that our conscious tells us is wrong, whether it's actually wrong or not wrong. But if our conscious or our way of thinking tells us that we have done something wrong, that's guilt. If we feel that we just are wrong and we're embarrassed about something, that's that shame feeling. It's more personal. It's more like there's something wrong with me. And a lot of us with compulsive overeating feel that because we have this as part of our coping mechanism, because we have the compulsive brain that copes with our life by abusing food in some way, that we are less than, that we're not good. And if we are showing everyone that we eat too much by being overweight, well then we're, we're telling everybody, everyone who meets us can make this assumption, this person does not deal well with food. This person is a glutton. This person you know, has no control. This person is not the ideal of the slender woman who can eat a little bit then stop. You know, the whole eat like a bird. Can you hear my little bird? <laughs> he's a mockingbird, he's singing away. I don't know if he's gonna show up in our song or not. But shame is really debilitating and shame can cause us to go back into a space that wants us to feel better, and so we head right back to the food, hence more shame. But I want to stop and give you a couple of examples that shows how what we feel shameful about isn't really inside ourselves, but is actually outside of ourselves. My first example is that I have a relative and I'm not going to say he or she because I just don't want to mention it. But this relative 
should know when my birthday was. And my regular listeners know I had a big birthday. I was turned 55 on March 9th. I went to Las Vegas, had a good time. Well, this relative who should know when my birthday is didn't mention it. Not only did not come to celebrate this birthday, did not send me a card, did not call me on the phone, didn't send me a text, didn't even like a happy birthday message on Facebook. So that means this close relative absolutely was not thinking about me in that way during the celebratory period of my birthday. So my first reaction to that was, I am so worthless. I, what's wrong with me that this close relative who should know my birthday is acting like I'm invisible? And this is one of my deep triggers. I always feel like I'm invisible, which is funny since maybe that's one reason I got bigger was to be visible. But that's my thought. Why am I not good enough? Why doesn't this person want to wish me happy birthday? Why is it when I wish this person happy birthday every year in various special ways, this person is caring less about me? Is that because I'm not worthy of having a happy birthday message? Not true. Some of you brave companions yourself came to my page and wished me happy birthday <laughs> when I said, please wish me happy birthday. Some of you came and did just that. You wished me happy birthday. Other friends and relatives wished me happy birthday. Some friends went to Las Vegas and celebrated my birthday. My husband made my birthday very, very special. So obviously, there's something inside myself that's worthy of having a birthday. But this relative was busy being focused on their own things at the time. And that's how this person is. When they get focused on their things, that's all that there is. And the world falls away. That is how they are. That is their thing. Now, do I wish that even despite that trait in this person, that they would have dropped everything to wish me happy birthday? Of course. Do I wish all of you right now would write down the, the bravery hotline for this podcast, which is 206-350-6445, and call me up and tell me a story and say, yay, Lori, we love your podcast, and here's my story so you can put it on your podcast? Yes, I do. But some of you are just not ready to call my bravery hotline yet. Some of you are not ready to come to my website and post your story. Some of you are not even ready to send me a personal email yet. But more and more of you are becoming ready. That has nothing to do with me. My story that I'm telling you now is having to do with me. Ashley, what you're dealing with with your food is you. But what you weigh and how other people feel about it, that is nothing on you. Nothing. Because really, compulsive overeaters and binge eaters are a minority of people who are overweight. So they might know for a fact that you are gaining weight, but they can't know for a fact why. So even though in your mind you have the neon sign, just, you know, compulsive eater here, compulsive overeater here, it's not really true. And tell you the truth, most people are so busy thinking about their own selves that they're not noticing that much. And if they're noticing and giving you grief about it in a non-loving way, well then screw them. They're not worth your time, <laughs> I'll tell you. True friends might bring it up because they're concerned about you, 
But if they are, they do it in a loving, caring way. And then you can choose to share with them your issue or not, depending on how you're feeling. But strangers who make comments or anyone else who gives you grief or makes snarky comments, screw them. Screw them twice with a rusty nail. <laughs> you know, you're dealing with your things. Okay? Another example of shame that I wanted to mention is I watch reruns of Project Runway because I'm retired and I don't have a lot of money and Lifetime lets me watch them for free online or on the Lifetime Roku channel. And so I was watching season 10, a challenge. where This is where about designers are in a contest making clothes and trying to get a prize to become that year's great designer. And these design people, contestants, this challenge was to help someone whose friend turned them in for needing style. And one of these designers got a plus-size lady who might have been size 14 or 16, around there. And, in fact, another designer got a lady of the same size. Okay, this one designer, he's a really good designer, but he treated his client like garbage. He kept saying things to her like, there's just not belts big enough for you. You know, your figure isn't like what I can do with my clothes, what I'm used to, made this lady feel like dirt because she was too big for his designs. So what do I say to him? Screw you, screw you with the rusty nail, designer. The second designer had a lady a similar size. He said, you're a wonderful spirit. I love how you are. What do you want to do? What do you want to feel like? He made her a lovely little black dress that swung and was fun, and she rocked it down the runway. And Heidi Klum said, you are the best model of all. She was all smiles and felt like a million bucks. They're both the same size. One designer made his client feel like crap. One made the other one feel like a queen for the day. They're both the same size. So who should be ashamed in that scenario? I'd say that first designer who was a prick to his client. Excuse my French. Okay, Michelle, who's posted before, posted on day 20. Hi, Lori. I am still following your podcast, and I am amazed at how similar our stories and childhoods have been. I will be turning 53 in June, and in childhood, I was very willful and always in trouble. Me too. <laughs> my eating trouble started then. Since January, I have been trying again to curb my chocolate and carb binging. I have been on and off my eating plan, but have been celebrating not eating chocolate, or at least when I do binge, I only let it last a day instead of weeks or months. So yay for that. And I say, yay for that, Michelle. That is awesome because I know what it's like to have a binge that goes on forever where you get started and you just can't stop and you wake up like I did this last time with 23 pounds on me going, what happened there, <laughs> right? Letting it go for a day and then pulling it back together to be kind to yourself, that's a huge, big victory. Okay, I want to go back to her letter. As a result of something that made me angry yesterday, today I went out and bought cookies and ice cream and ate them. I could feel the binge coming on. I could feel it in my stomach, the anxiety and the anger, but I was powerless to stop it. I listened to a few of your podcasts two and three times over tonight, in particular the last one, March 19th, as it really hit home for me. 
tomorrow I will be back on my eating plan. So thank you for sharing. One day I will be brave and call your helpline. I think you have really found your passion in sharing your story and helping other people. Thank you again. Wow, now is that not a powerful, powerful post? I am so proud of you, Michelle. Now you say, someday I'll be brave and call the bravery hotline. But I'm telling you that you are super brave, that you posted your story here on day 20 for others to read, for me to share. You don't know who you've been encouraging by doing that. So you other brave companions and listeners out there, if you're encouraged by Michelle's bravery on day 20, I am asking you please to come post on that day and say a shout out. Give Michelle some encouragement because that's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to feel that automatic feeling of, I know I'm going to the store. I know I'm going to buy this stuff. I know what I'm going to do. It's almost like you're walking yourself to the executioner. But just like with Ashley and Michelle, there's that pissed rage thing that is so common. You want to tell someone, like I want to tell that relative, I'm pissed as hell. You blankety blank 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 how dare you blankety blank blank forget my blankety blank birthday you selfish blankety blank (laughs) right but I'm not going to say that I'm going to smile and say oh no biggie I'm glad that you are having a good time with your life or doing whatever because part of me is truly glad that this person was having a good moment to be focusing on their own life but whatever pissed you off Michelle it's okay to be pissed and That's why I like the Bravery Hotline to be available. If you want, next time, call up my voicemail line. You do have to sit through my introductory opening message, and then you have to wait for it to say if you're going to fax, hit this key, and wait for a tone. But you can scream in there and say, I'm mad as hell, I don't want to take it anymore because this is happening, I can't stand it. And Lori, don't use this in any way. (laughs) And I won't. But at least you will have a place to put your anger besides going to the store. Give it a try. You can even do a practice one. And all the rest of you can do it too. You could say, Lori, this is a fake call-out binge. I'm just mad and I'm practicing calling the hotline so it won't be so unfamiliar when I really need it. I want this podcast to be a resource for myself and I want it to be a resource for you. I really, really do. And the last part of Michelle's message, which really hit me, is she said that she listened to these episodes two and three times over. You know, and that's a really cool thing, because you guys can listen to me, if it helps you, as many times as you want. You can take me on the car, you can go to sleep at night (laughs) with me like Sarah does. You can listen to it over and over. You can call that bravery hotline as many times as you want. As long as you tell me, yes, you can use this story, or no, don't use it, I'll respect your wishes as best as I can and be a safe place for you. So the last part was, Michelle, you said you think that I found my passion. And I think you're right. I started this podcast to deal with my lifelong enemy of compulsive overeating as kind of a last-ditch self-therapy attempt Is it possible for me to get better by podcasting my thoughts and feelings instead of heading for the chips, like I say in the opening? 
And I'm getting so much more than that. The feeling of connection that I have with you, the feeling of worth that maybe all that I've been through isn't for nothing. Maybe the stories that I have in my pocket about this bad thing or this hurt or this time in my life, those things that were devastating may be helping you. That gives that a meaning beyond just feeling hurtful to me. It gives me a meaning that is so powerful and special that I hope and pray that this podcast will find whoever it is that needs it, that I will be mindful and respectful, and that you guys will continue to be my brave companions as we journey on together. So I'm going to close out now with my traditional take care because I care, but now I'm going to close out a nighty night for Sarah. Sarah, go to sleep now. It's time for the Manx Lullaby by Celtic folk band, Shlancha. <laughs>